it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. The Red Bulls kicked off their three-game road trip by grinding out a 1-0 victory in Chicago. Now New York travels across the continent for a date in Vancouver against the Whitecaps and former teammate Felipe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Full of Bulls podcast. Alongside Alfredo Famasas, I am Mike Corbett. We're talking all things affiliated with the New York Red Bulls. Of course, follow us on our Twitter page at FOBS Podcast. Uh, subscribe to our, our podcast on iTunes and on Podbean as well if you don't have iTunes. Um, Alfredo, how you doing uh, this weekend? Uh, ben, congrats on Benfica. They, they made it through. I know you were recording your podcast yesterday, the Benfica podcast, if anyone wants to follow them. Uh, so they, they made it on to the next round. Yes, they made it on to the next round. They got one more uh, round, uh, or actually knockout stage with uh, Paok mm-hmm. from Greece. And if they yeah. make past that, they will be uh, in the group stages. Yeah, uh, they did make it past uh, Turkey's Fenerbahce um, yeah. on Tuesday. That, that's always tough, though. I, I, you know, Manchester United have struggled there in the past. You know, it's always it's always tough when you have to go to play some of these Turkish teams over in Turkey. The fans get really into it as well. And uh, I saw Benfica did open the season with a win as well. It was a Friday, the domestic league. They played the same yep. time as Manchester United. So good starts overall for both of our uh, European clubs. But let's focus here on uh, the local MLS club. The Red Bulls, they headed over to Chicago Saturday night and they extinguished the fire. <laughs> Cheesy joke. <laughs> Dad joke. Uh, they beat Chicago 1-0. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, the only goal of the game in the 55th minute. And it was it was a, a great goal, actually. A result of pressure applied by Tyler Adams on former Red Bull captain Dax Bacardi. And of course, we got to mention that each time we play Chicago. Uh, causing the turnover, Daniel Royal picked up the ball and sent it over to BWP for his 15th goal of the season in MLS play and goal number 101 for his career. Oh, uh, he also becomes the first player in MLS history, four straight 15 plus goal seasons. And Luis Robles just had to make one save, but it was an important one on Nemanja Nikolic's uh, chip in the second half. And also congrats to Andreas Ivan, Ivan, who, after obtaining his visa, made his MLS debut in the 85th minute. Um, also, for his effort in the midfield and pressure on McCarty that led to the goal, Tyler Adams named to the starting 11 of the MLS Team of the Week. It's the fourth time he made uh, the team as well. With the win, Alfredo, the Red Bulls remain in second place, not only in the Eastern Conference, but also in the Supporters' Shield race. With 47 points, now just one point one point behind Atlanta United, who were off this past weekend, and one game in hand on NYCFC, who beat Toronto three to two up at BMO Field. They have to, they have 47 points, both teams. NYCFC, I sort of got mixed up there. NYCFC and Red Bulls, but the Red Bulls, having played one less game than NYCFC, put them ahead of them according to the standings. But obviously, there's a big showdown coming up next Wednesday. But we have the game in Vancouver on hand at first that we're going to focus on. But looking back at the Chicago game, back to the goal, Alfredo. Mm -hmm. Just the pressure by Tyler Adams to cause the turnover. Then Royer pouncing on the loose ball, putting it over to Bradley Wright Phillips, who puts it in the back end of the net. You have to think that if Jesse Marsh was over in Germany watching his old club in the middle of the night, uh, that he would have jumped up and pumped his fist over that goal because that's what – 
they've been working on the past few years, what you want to see from the Red Bulls, just that pressing. You know, if they lose the ball, they press, they put pressure on the other team, force the team into the turnovers, and once they do, boom, send it to BWP or whoever is attacking and put it in the net. So I thought that was uh, – was for a game that wasn't really exciting, I thought that was uh, an exciting goal to watch. Yeah, definitely. Look, uh, I I always hate to to correct you, uh, but I uh-huh. hope that you correct me also. But I think it's five consecutive for Bradley. I'll let you uh, look but, uh, that uh, up uh, while I talk. You said four. Uh, you know what? I yeah, I did put four. I accidentally put four. It was it? It was five, wasn't it? It's five. Yeah. Uh, but l- yeah. Let me let me give you a little bit uh, of my thoughts on the game. I thought that uh, the Red Bulls were very passive in the first uh, in the first half. They were not very aggressive on their uh on their pressure and and perhaps there was a game plan right because chicago has just played midweek uh so the red bulls figure okay well let's let's try to control this game uh let's not open up let's uh, ourselves to to chicago and then when we have to in the second half maybe we'll increase it this thing of 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 tyler adams being able to put the pressure on dax mccarty and forcing the uh the error or the turnover not the first time i think that either this season or last season sean davis did the same thing to to dax mccarthy because these things are things that you're always going to remember and, and, and maybe the some Reb- things they picked up in practice too yeah yeah and, and look the, the rebels are are always going to punish you especially when you have a guy like bradley Wright phillips that only needs uh, sometimes half a chance to put that ball in the back of the net. But when you turn the ball over that deep in your half, uh, uh, you know, just even even beyond, if you're looking at the six, beyond the six, that was almost at the corner flag that that ball gets turned over. And then you set up a feed to a guy that you just put him in front of the goal. Bradley Wright Phillips is gonna uh, is gonna put those away, uh, but uh, I thought that uh, it was very passive by the Red Bulls in the first half, and then the second half they got the goal, and I think they just limited themselves um, to um, to controlling the game. There were a couple chances, uh, one in particular that Nikolic was uh, uh, was put behind the defense, yeah. uh, tried to chip uh, Robles, and Robles came up with a huge. Uh, save uh, and the rebels just saw the game out and look the, the rebels are a much superior team to to Chicago and they uh, they were superior in a the game they weren't dominating uh, per se but they were a team that deserved to get out of uh, uh, Bridgeview Bridgeview right Bridgeview with yeah. the with the three points uh, so um, power to them uh, Chicago hadn't won in the past six games. Uh, they're now seven games without winning a game, and yeah. the Rebels are, are are coming out of two straight in the first game of their three-game uh, road trip, a very important game that puts them in a driver's seat in regard to the to the to the to the support shield. All right. Besides the the save by uh, Robles on uh, Nikolic, uh, which was a good one, and the goal itself. The game was a bit of a slag, just. Uh, but you know what? Three points is three points. It's better to, to to win those games than to come away with anything. What else for a game that wasn't too flashy outside of those moments? What else really stood out to you in this match that the Red Bulls did that they did right? I know they had the halftime adjustments. That seems like something that uh, they've been able to pull off well under Chris Armas. But what else really you know, stood out to you in this one? That that maybe. You know, the trained eyes don't people who don't have the trained eyes like you would miss. 
I, I think the biggest thing is, is to be able to to control the, the game, right? So whether you control in possession or you in control in control uh in 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 a properly set up defensive line where you're just blocking up the spaces. I thought that to me that's the most uh that's the most impressive thing by the Rebels from this game. Of course, very hot in Chicago and humid as it always is in summer. Uh, but the, the the Rebels didn't really need to produce a lot of chances. As a matter of fact, the few chances that they had, I, I remember uh, Danny Royer, a couple shots of Danny Royer going wide, uh, but not much after that. So to me, what impresses me is that when the Rebels needed to turn it up and at the time that they, they scored the goal coming out of the half, turned up the, the 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 pressure and the uh and the intensity and the rebels were able to get it and then they didn't really need to do it anymore they were just very well positioned and set up defensively that uh really kept chicago at bay and of course uh chicago doesn't really have a lot of weapons uh they've had a lot of injuries you know they're not having the best of seasons mm -hmm. but the, the the rebels maturity perhaps in, in knowing what the moments of the game needed uh put game put the game on ice try to control the game don't expose yourselves i think that's perhaps the biggest thing that you could take out of this game yeah nikolic is probably one of the, the biggest weapon that they have and you think you know guy they had last year david akam they they, they let him go They're probably uh kicking themselves over that afraid just something that's really come out though with the red bulls is just them on the road this year in years past maybe they haven't had uh, the greatest of records but right now their record sits six wins four losses and one draw one draw on the road this year and in their last five road games three have been shutouts with two goals only conceded and i think was the last four road games have been one nil results and them winning three of them the one loss being uh, the late uh uh, goal uh, by NYCFC. Yeah. That's just something probably uh, talking about a team that the Red Bulls, they like to be this pressing team, this team that you know scores a lot of goals, but also a team that can win ugly and be able to grind out these roles, uh, results, especially on the road. Yeah, like, like I mentioned, it ties into the maturity level of the team. Uh, I think that despite uh, having young players in their midfield, uh, those guys know when they need to uh, rush in for the for the pressing, uh, define timings of, of pressing. They know when they need to close up gaps. They need no one uh, to close up uh, passing lanes. And I think that that's the reason why you see a lot of wins on the road. There's one. 1-0, 2-0 sometimes, and the Rebels have done ex exceptionally well on the road this year. Uh, without looking at the stats, this is probably uh, an abnormal year for them as far as road record. I don't, I can't think of many more wins and seasons. losses. Yeah, that's always yeah. good. And, and, and yeah, anytime you have you know more wins yeah. and losses on the road, I, and you take care of business at home, you're going to be yeah. up there in the standings. And you look at the Red Bulls this year; they're up there. Right. I mean, you you add the fact that you, the, the Red Bull Arena is usually a fortress, and then you have a winning record at home. That's a that's going to be a winning combination for for any team, really. Uh, but the Rebels have really done well at on the road and that sure shows a lot of the maturity that they've had and and being able to control games and being able to defend and being able to to have that uh that consistent uh defensive effort especially when they're pressed
Speaking of defensive efforts, we'll go into uh, talk real quickly about a game here that there wasn't really too much uh, defensive effort in with the Red Bull two. We like like to to give them love each week, but the, this one was a little bit of a tough one. They lost six to four last Friday night to Louisville City out at uh, Montclair State. That was after uh, I think they scored the first two goals of the game, and then Louisville came back and scored the next five. <laughs> so yeah. that that was a uh, uh, not a good one for the baby bulls that night at Montclair, but they're back in action next Tuesday at Montclair state against North Carolina FC. So if you're out in the area, kickoff scheduled for 7 PM next Tuesday. Also, uh, Kamara Lawrence will be having uh, a home game, well, not really a home game, but a home game for him in Red Bull arena for his, with his national team, Jamaica, where Jamaica and Ecuador have been uh, chosen to, to play in a friendly at Red Bull arena Friday, September 7th. So I think it'll be the third or fourth, I think fourth time. I think Ecuador has played at Red Bull arena. I think Jamaica's played there before. I, I don't know how many times. So whenever you see a lot of these games during the international window, especially with, well, this is a common ball and CONCACAF team and with play uh, with countries where they have a lot of people here in the New York area, a lot of, yeah, you know, Red Bull Arena seems to get selected for a lot of these matches. Mm-hmm. So good for them, bringing extra revenue to the stadium. That'd uh, yep. be good. Be good for Kamar Lawrence, be able to. Who knows? Maybe they'll let him walk out as the captain for that game. It's only a friendly. That'd be, that'd be nice for him to come out as a captain. All right, uh, we're probably gonna try to do a podcast on Monday that's gonna dedicate more towards the NYCFC game. Um, but this, this one, we're just going to really focus on the, the Vancouver game coming up much like the, the Red Bulls should be just focusing on that, not looking ahead to next Wednesday, but this Saturday night, 7 PM, our time here in the Eastern uh, time zone, 4 PM out in Vancouver kickoff. The game will be on MSG. The Red Bulls will be playing the Whitecaps at BC place for the second leg of their three game road trip. Now, uh, Red Bulls beat Vancouver 3-0 last year in MLS play at Red Bull Arena. And the last time they won in MLS in Vancouver was actually in 2016. It's a place they haven't really won much at all, but they won a 1-0 game. I think they were under a barrage of shots by Vancouver. And Vancouver were just missing wide open nets left and right. Uh, But Red Bulls pulled it out, although Vancouver did knock out the Red Bulls in last year's um, CONCACAF uh, Champions League back at the start of the 2016, no, it was 2017 season. Mm-hmm. Whitecaps, they come into this one. Um, they took a bit of a beating Wednesday night in the final of the Canadian Championship against Toronto FC. They lost 5-2. They fell behind 4 nothing early and they went up losing that one 5-2. And in MLS play, they head into this match sitting in seventh place in the Western Conference. Two points, Alfredo, two points behind Mike Petke's high-flying Real Salt Lake for the final playoff spot. So uh, it's good to see Petke out there doing pretty well with Real Salt Lake. We weren't really expected to do much, but he's starting to get things turned around again for a, a franchise that always was uh, pretty good, but I've seen some down times. Uh, they played a strong lineup in Toronto, and you'd think they'd want to come back and play most of those guys again. So you're thinking there might be a bit of fatigue there as well. And just a little bit of an interesting before we get into some of the other parts with the game. You're going to have the Red Bulls facing their old teammate, Philippe, who played several seasons with the Red Bulls in the midfield and how much he meant to that team. Or, you know, he'd be a bit of an agitator, a guy that was almost like the Energizer Bunny. He could play a Wednesday night and come back and play Friday night. He was unreal with his fitness. And also Tim Parker heading out to Vancouver 
uh, playing his team the first time since the trade right before the MLS season. Uh, let's see. Playoff watch. Now I'm going to start mentioning this the rest of the way, Alfredo, with a playoff watch. Because now we're starting to come around. This is a horse race. They're starting to come around the final turn. And they're starting to head into the final stretch as the legendary uh, horse racing broadcaster Dave Johnson would say. And down the stretch they come. So we're going to start focusing on who Atlanta United and NYCFC are playing. This week, Atlanta United are at home versus Columbus. And NYCFC are in Philly Saturday night. A win would put the Red Bulls on top of the... Yep. Oh, if a win puts the Red Bulls on top of actually, no, that wouldn't put them on top of the East because if Atlanta the United's playing and winning. All right, never mind about that. I don't know. I got wrong info from the Red Bulls uh, <laughs> website. Never mind. All right, Alfredo, just with this game, as we're focusing on this one and not on NYCFC, much what the Red Bulls have to do is be able to focus on the Whitecaps in this match and uh, the problems that do, they do present. Alfonso Davis, the, the vaulted Canadian youngster, Christian Teixeira, uh, Kai Kamara, guys who can cause problems some, you know, on the Whitecaps. Just being able to put aside what's waiting for them Wednesday night in the Bronx and being able to focus on this. Plus, they, they haven't always had the best of success heading to the Pacific Northwest. No, definitely not. When you got to go across country, well, still cross country. You know, yes. coast, cross right? continent. Cross cross continent. Go through uh, continent never, there. Yeah, it's never it's never an easy task. But uh, the rebels see themselves in a familiar position, right? So they're 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 playing a a weekend game on Saturday against a team who has played a midweek game that was defeated five two, uh, and despite uh, their record at home being five two and four for the for the Whitecaps. Um, this is going to be a, a hard game playing this, these Red Bulls and and having played uh, midweek, uh, no less. So I, I'm wondering if the Red Bulls are going to adopt the same strategy that they adopted against Chicago. They're just going to be very passive in the first half, try not to expose themselves, uh, and then turn it up in the second half. I, I am a bit concerned about uh, Felipe. Uh, because as we know, these guys that get traded, they always mm -hmm. have the extra motivation. And knowing the type of player that Felipe is, a guy that uh, that basically leaves everything on the field, uh, I'm just looking for the guy that he's going to be pretty, pretty close to probably passing out on this field playing against yeah. these Red Bulls. He is going to be all over the place uh, for the for the, for Vancouver. No doubt in my mind that Felipe is going to find that extra energy and, and he's going to have that extra motivation and he's going to try to shut down these Red Bulls the best he can. Uh, now, whether or not the supporting cast of other players, as you mentioned, Davies, the, the, the teenage sensation who has done so well for them that I think leads the, the league or, or in the past month or so leads the league in, in successful dribbles. Uh, and then you got uh, Kai Kamara, who's always a, mm -hmm. uh, a threat and uh, he scored some goals against the, the Red Bulls. So yeah, it, it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be easy uh, definitely for the Rebels. But I think that the, that the Red Bulls with the maturity that they've shown in these past couple of games, and especially during the last month of, of play, I think that they know that they could beat this, um, this Vancouver team. And I think that they, 
they probably have the right game plan to to beat this uh, Vancouver team. But like you said, they cannot be looking past this Vancouver team because if you drop points in Vancouver and then you're put in a situation where you're being uh, uh, forced to win against NYCFC in the Bronx in a short field with the stands facing each, whichever way you look at it in every angle and every direction, uh, it's going to be tough for the Rebels. I think just the Rebels have to take one game at a time, beat Vancouver, come back home, get a day's rest, and get ready to play NYCFC and put some distance between uh, the Rebels and them. As you said, very important to get that rest following the match because they are going to be playing on the field turf there in Vancouver. It's supposed to be one of the better uh, surfaces of artificial surface, but still just going out there, traveling all the way out there, having to play on that and being able to recoup, flying all the way back, you know, playing, uh, having short rest. Um, but as you're saying, uh, it's really great that you brought that up, just the importance of focusing on and getting the three points in this match because you just got to look at it that way from now on going, if you get the win, then you head into that match against NYCFC. No wor- at the very worst, you'll be heading into that match where a win in that one, in that game, would put you three points ahead of NYCFC with a game in hand. Now, who knows? Maybe things go against NYCFC in Philadelphia and you can really gain extra ground. But you just, I, I play it as thing going, you assume that they're going to get the three points in Philly and Atlanta is going to get the three points at home against Columbus. So you have to keep, you have to keep pace. And when you do have those opportunities, when they have the games in hand, where that's when all of a sudden, boom, that's when you just take your shot and you you go ahead of them, and then you, you're you in the driver's seat. You don't have to worry about them, and you can control your own destiny. Yeah, and look, especially when you're playing teams that are, are not even in the same league as yours as in, in regard to talent and what they've done this season. As you mentioned, Vancouver's struggling. They're uh, they're off the pace. They're, they're just below the... They are struggling, but as you said, they're right there at the playoff line. So you know, another two, you know, they go on a, a run where, you know, four games, they get a, you know, a couple wins, a couple draws, and they're right back also. Maybe they're in fifth place. So they're, yeah. they're not where they want to be, but they're, I think they have enough veterans there. They're more than capable of uh, yeah. turning yeah, but right now, I mean, the the Rebels has to approach this this game and and not overconfident, but know that they this is a very beatable Vancouver team, despite uh, the playing surface and despite the having to travel uh, basically across the continent, as you mentioned, to play Vancouver. I just uh, but the Rebels have to be confident that they could win this game if they play the way they they know they could play. Well, we've seen um, recently when we're talking about their success they've had on the road, going to places where they have uh, tend to struggle in the past. Toronto, the past few times they've been up there. And I know they won last year in the postseason, but they they were lost the goal aggregate and were eliminated. But they went to Toronto. Toronto was struggling. They got the result. They went to Chicago, place in years past where they've uh, haven't done that well there. Chicago struggling and got the result. So now they're heading to Vancouver, who's coming off a, a licking that they took from Toronto, a place where they haven't normally done too well in years past. They, they went there two years ago, but normally in years past, they haven't done that. They got to just keep on handling the same way, keep on handling their business on the road. It doesn't have to be pretty. If they go out and get an early goal and they just want to be you know, smart and conservative, not really conservative, but you know, keep on playing their style, but don't really open yourselves up to do anything stupid. Maybe just maintain possession 
There's, there's nothing wrong with that, especially this time of the year where you got to be picking up points in each game. More than like you, nice to win every game, but they're at a point right now. They got to you know, pick up at least a point each game. Absolutely. And you also have to think with the emotions. We're talking about Felipe going up against his old players that he played with for several years. You also have to think about it from Tim Parker's point of view, heading out to Vancouver, place he's played there several years. Um, I don't know what type of terms he left there because he was also looking to to leave. You know, he was looking to wind down his contract and leave there, wondering going back there, the type of emotions and how uh, his other teammates there are gonna you know feel about him, and obviously the crowd might get on him as well. So that's something that I think he's probably more than capable of handling it, but we'll see how that out for him on Saturday as well. No, it, it, look, it's not the same. It's not the same as Felipe. Felipe was traded. So the, oh the Red God. Bulls basically said, we don't want you anymore. Parker wanted to get the heck out of Dodge. So he oh, was, he was, he's, there's no grudges. Yeah, but I also get where, you know, you think some of the people there are going, eh, this is the guy that wanted out, you know, and wanting to. Oh, he won't be well received. Yeah, so that's, that's sure. dealing with that, dealing with the crowd getting on you, maybe the old players trying to wind you up a little bit. And, you know, that's someone you don't want to lose, especially with some of these other important matches coming up. So you want him, uh, you want to make sure that, uh, but the veteran he is, I think I think he'll, he'll handle it just fine. I'm not really worried about him doing anything stupid. No, no, no. should be fine. And, you know, Look at what the run that they've had, the Red Bulls, against Western Conference teams. They're 8-1 and this year. That only loss coming against Mike Pecky's uh, high-flying Real Salt Lake. So that's something where they've really been able to, t- you know, you're, as I said, it's a different Red Bulls team. We keep on saying, I've said this so many times tonight and probably throughout the, the season. You know, in years past, they struggled here. In years past, they haven't done well. Western Conference are picking up a lot of points, and here's more where they could just pick up uh, bonus points before they start heading into the the Eastern Conference part of the schedule where you're really affecting playoff positioning. So to get some of these points in the bank before you start battling a lot of these top teams. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Well, we shall see what happens on Wednesday. As we said, we're focusing more on the Vancouver match in this one. Uh, do a little recap of that. Uh, on our next podcast, we're going to try to get back together here on Monday night to recap Vancouver and to give a full preview of the NYCFC game because that should be that's this is where we're really getting into the thick, or as you'd say during baseball, the pennant race. So we're in the race for not only the the top of the conference playoff positioning, the supporter shield. They're probably going to come down between possibly Atlanta, NYCFC, or even the Red Bulls, and you know maybe FC Dallas is right there as well. But we'll try to be back here on Monday and record Alfredo. It was great talking to you once again. Congrats on Benfica once again, and enjoy the rest of your weekend, or enjoy the start of your weekend. Thanks, Mike. You too. All right. Foul Fredo Fumasa, I am Mike Corbett. Thanks for listening to the Full Bulls Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening.